Welcome to HubShots episode 56, the podcast for marketing majors who use HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. I'm Ian Jacob and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Now, Craig, how are you today? Really good. We're in the HubSpot kitchen, kitchen. as we record this today. I'm going to call this the kitchen episode, Craig. The kitchen episode sounds great. So it's good. Yeah, we're in uh, HubSpot Sydney um, recording a few interviews with some HubSpot team members. So it's been a great day. Yeah, and we've had a real focus on e-commerce today. And so that'll be published as the weeks go on. But we're in for a cracker of an episode today. First on our inbound thought of the weekend, gee, it's getting close, isn't it? I know. 14 days to inbound, Craig. I can't believe this. Actually, you know what? Today is the day that inbound would actually be starting in two weeks' time. All right, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's training day. It's training day. That's right. Be there for some training. So, yeah, that's looking good. Now, are you going to talk about something interesting, how Brian and Darmesh are not going to announce any products this so year? So, this was interesting, I thought, because just got a note now. So, for people that haven't been to inbound before, during the conference, Brian and Darmesh, co-founders of HubSpot, they normally kind of give a bit of a keynote that includes a whole bunch of product announcements. So, for example, two years ago, one of the big product announcements was HubSpot CRM. That was kind of a big announcement. Everyone loved it. Now, we're finding actually there's not going to be any product announcements. More going to talk about marketing industry and sales industry trends. That's right. Then after their keynote, someone else, their pro- head of uh, product dev is actually going to do more of a product place. So Yeah, so what- Christopher O'Donnell, who's the head of product at HubSpot, he's actually going to do the product launch this year at Inbound and that's going to be a separate session in itself. So I guess we'll be looking forward to that because I think there's some pretty exciting things. Yeah, well, we've, we've been hearing just because we're in the HubSpot today, we're just hearing some rumours about things that will be announced. So it sounds very exciting. All right, Craig. You, you know what? I, let's just go back a step. Why do you think they've changed it? And I think we were just chatting before why. And it's because, well, one of the stats that we don't know the exact stat, but it's kind of like more than half of attendees at Inbound actually aren't HubSpot customers. Correct. Which, which is, is really, pretty phenomenal yeah, when you it, think it, about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking, oh, that can't be right. But then I was thinking, yeah, last year, actually, I was there with friends. Yeah, they're not HubSpot customers, but they just love the HubSpot inbound movement Yes, and all the learnings they get from it. And as we were chatting, we were chatting with Carl earlier today and he's kind of saying inbound platform versus inbound the movement. And I think that's right. People are interested in the movement. Yeah. So in saying that, I think it'll be great to point people to inbound.org. And last year, I didn't really understand what that was all about. I thought there was another company operating, but it's actually something that Damesh was one of the co-founders of that with uh, Rand, I think. Yeah, Rand Fishkin. And that's where the community connects. So I really encourage you, if you're not already on there, get onto inbound.org, register yourself, and actually be a part of the community because and what will happen is everybody at Inbound will put their notes on there and you can join the conversation. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot feature tip of the week. Yeah, just a quick one around HubSpot CRM. So they've basically, they're always improving the HubSpot CRM product. It's really maturing, isn't it? It's getting into quite sophisticated. But this is really just one about merging companies. You've been able to merge contacts for a while. And then this one, they just kind of go through some of the rules for how they can merge companies together. So yes. worth checking out if that's a pain point that you're currently experiencing. I'll just mention, though, that one of the issues you need to be aware of is that If you actually use Salesforce integration, you can't actually merge companies in HubSpot CRM. So just something to be aware of. Probably not so much an issue, but they've got a full knowledge base there that goes through things. It's really good. And there's another thing that they've highlighted. It might take up to 30 minutes for contact activities to sync when you do the company merge. Yeah, and they've got all the rules there about, you know, what's if who was created first and how are dates updated and all of that stuff. So it's quite a good article. So it's not as simple as it sounds, but... It's a, it's a good, great feature to have. 
Yeah, I, I just like it because it shows where HubSpot CRM is going. Yes. You know, they are pushing, I Absolutely. think, into the larger company space and some of those larger company requirements. Yes. So good to see. All right, Craig, on to our challenge of the week for this week. And it's looking at the next window of opportunity. I think this is great you bring this up because it's something I know that as we're coming up to year end and we're thinking about plans for next year, for 2017, what are people going to do? Yeah, well, this is exactly right. Look, the challenge I'm having is that I guess you and I are both the same. We've jumped onto Facebook very early on, especially in the B2B markets, because everyone was saying, oh, B2B is not on Facebook. And so we're thinking, ah, there's an opportunity We'll go contrarian. We'll jump on a Facebook <laughs> with B2B. And it's been very successful, yes. right? We've had great success. I know you have as well. And so what we're finding now, though, is everyone's waking up and all these companies going, oh, okay, we'll get on to Facebook. And so this happens regularly. And you kind of say, oh, there's a window of opportunity we had and it's closing down. And so why we're mentioning this is a marketing manager might have jumped onto Facebook for B2B early. And now they're finding, oh, they were getting leads very inexpensively before. Now they're getting more expensive because of competition. And you've had this previously with AdWords. You know, if you go back five years ago on AdWords, you're getting very cheap clicks, very cheap conversions. The prices go up. And so it's really this idea of thinking, what's the next window of an opportunity? And I think this is what marketing managers need to be thinking around in terms of their strategy. And as you said, coming up to year end, always a good time to kind of revisit some of these topics So we've just kind of mentioned some ways that you need to be thinking about it, like looking for that next window of opportunity that you can take for three to six months to get the the benefits. And there's things like the channels you're on. Instagram, of course, probably that window's gone now. Medium, you saw people jumping on. But depending on your industry, you might still have opportunities there. We also look at the formats. You know how video is really big. And, you know, last week we are looking at Facebook video versus YouTube. Everyone's pushing to YouTube. It's kind of like, why, you know, there's still, there's opportunities still there for Facebook video. Yeah, I think especially Facebook Live, I can see a big opportunity there. So that's definitely something to consider for 2017. And then finally, by intent, which I thought yeah. was really good. So uh, we've seen people ungating their content and, and then also I, I think really looking at pushing higher value assets earlier. And then just things like Facebook lead forms. I uh, still don't see many companies using that, but that's no. something that you can you can use. And even some of those windows of opportunity might just be the actual types of campaigns you can use on Facebook, branding awareness, things like that. Where you know, looking at cinemagraphs using those kind of video formats as well. So yeah, I think you really need to start looking at that and really putting a plan together. And again, don't be afraid to test and measure something and make that early call to go, well, it's not working. Let's try something different because I think that's the key to 2017 and moving forward. Here's a quick rule of thumb. If you hear a manager or someone else in your company say, oh, don't use that channel. That's not where our customers are. That'll never work. Try it out. It's almost like a a good highlight as to what something you should try. Go contrarian. All right, on to our stat of the week, Craig. And this is really interesting. Like we spoke about AMP pages, which is Google Accelerated Mobile Pages. And we spoke about it episode 11 and we're at 56 now. So, so it's kind of last December. It's, yeah, it's yeah. been around almost a year now. So it's really interesting. You pulled out a stat here. It says 700,000 domains have published AMP pages and more than 600 million AMP pages have been published. So that's an interesting stat. And there's an interesting response from actually an AMP engineer at Google when people said that AMP was stealing <laughs> stealing results. Yeah, from and there's a good blog post there by Alex Crass about what's happened with 
his content being pushed onto AMP pages, which he thought was a good thing to do, <clears throat> and then how that's going into the Google cache. So then yeah. he kind of feels as though, oh, well, it's no longer me in control. And as you said, the Google engineer responds with some really good points. Yes. And so some of you might have actually seen this. If you search on a mobile, especially for news, you'll see there are some results at the top in like a carousel with an image and you would see a little, what looks like a lightning bolt with an AMP beside it. And when you click on it, it actually loads really quickly. And that is an AMP page that actually has all that information on it. And that's the whole idea. It's about giving people a better, faster experience when they're doing their search. So anyway, check it out and see whether it's relevant to your business. I think that's the biggest takeaway. All right, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. All right, so I don't know if you follow Basecamp as, as a company. Uh, I quite like their founders when they talk about, you know, I think they're thought leaders in many ways for how they run their businesses. But they've recently had this campaign which is kind of, they're asking people to pledge to not work more than 40 hours a week. Yeah, right. Which is, it's kind of a, it is something in their DNA, in their company DNA, because they don't like overwork and, and that kind of thing. I think it's also a bit of a marketing angle pushing some of their features in their product <laughs> yeah. as well. So it's a really it's a really nicely done campaign. Anyway, Zoho jumped on. They took the bait and they've responded saying, well, we think it's a ridiculous idea. We won't be joining the pledge, right? So I think it's, uh, it, uh, it's kind of opinion of the week piece because it's really about how do you approach business in terms of working long hours or short hours and ultimately, it's really got to be about outcomes, right? Correct. We yes. focus on Results, oh, right? how, how many hours did you work? Actually, no, it's what outcomes did you achieve? I love the image that's in that blog post yes. where it's got someone on the operating table and it says, my 40 hours are up. I'm off to feed the dog and water my cactus. <laughs> and the guy's got, it looks like he's having open heart surgery. Yes. There you go. So, yeah, have a, have a read and have a think about how that applies to you and your business. All right, Craig, on to our pro tip of the week. And this is to do with about, about pages. pages. Yeah. Now, we've often discussed about pages on the show and how we notice in analytics that about pages is often a very popular page. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll take a step back. If I look at a consistency across clients that we deal with, generally people will land on the page that they're searching for for the information. Then they might go back to the home page. Then they go to the about page. Then they go to the contact page. Then they might visit the frequently asked questions page. So it's definitely up there in, I would say, the top three pages that people look at. So I think it's really key. And I think people often neglect it, thinking, oh, it's just about me. It doesn't matter. And I think after I read this, I was talking to you and I said, um, I think we need to look at ourselves (laughs) and change our about pages. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think you're right. It's often in the top three. The homepage would be the main one. People put tons of effort into the designing and the strategy behind their homepage, but they put it's an afterthought for their about page. And what yes. what you're highlighting is it's a real opportunity. And what we've linked to in the show notes is a blog post by Lauren Holiday where she goes through 12 key sections to include in your about page. Yeah. So lots of great tips there. Yeah, look, one thing I really liked was um, in that uh, one of those 12 tips was actually having a timeline about how your company started and what it was all about. So that was in the history and just even just the layout of everything. One thing that really stood out to me in this blog post was how they'd laid things out. So it's very visual, like there's a timeline, lots of really clear stats, and that's what I really loved about it. Do you remember a couple of episodes ago we were looking at State of Inbound Report and why people leave sites they give up and one was our banners and intrusive elements yes another was they don't know what the site's about and i think this is often okay you might get your home page wrong you almost get a second chance 
go to your about page so at least talk directly yes. about what you do there and take advantage of that. All right, this is the bonus pro tip of the week, Craig, that you discovered. And this is for if you use G Suite or what used to be Google Apps, it's five new ways to reach your goals faster using G Suite. So read that. It'll speed up some of the actions you take using... Um, Especially Google Docs you yes. know, and Google Sheets. And I think this is so many marketing managers use that to manage content and everything like that. But just this thing you can assign to people within Google Sheets, yes. I think that's really nice on Google Docs. Yep. Sign tasks you know, and comments, all those kind of things. So great tips there. All right. On to our State of Inbound item of the week. Now, if you want to find more information out about this, go to stateofinbound.com. And what we're going to highlight today is what do people look for in a job? And I thought this is very interesting, Craig, the very top of this. So this is on page 124, if you want to reference it. And they talked about sales and marketing here. And what was at the very top of this list? Opportunities for growth is the biggest factor across both sales and marketing respondents. I found this surprising. It's kind of like, what do people look for in a job? Uh, or Commonly, people think, oh, money or lifestyle. It's actually opportunities for growth by a long way in both sales and marketing teams. So the takeaway here is for marketing managers when they're thinking about not only managing marketing but managing their teams, it's all, all, all about having that in mind for what people look for in a job. Yeah, and closely following second there was work life balance followed by compensation and then culture. So take a note, read it and use it in your business wisely. Now, Craig, onto our resource of the week. Yeah, you know how every week some site comes out with a list of free stock photo sites you can use? That's right. Well, here's another one. So I think... Every, on Medium. Yeah, it was on Medium. But every quarter we should just include a link. So I'm always after new ideas for stock photos. So this, the good one about this article is that some of the more... Uh, esoteric ones. So Unsplash, of course, is there, which is really popular. But instead of the big stock photo sites, it's some of the more niche ones, some of the more artistic ones, so worth taking a look at. Yeah, look, it's another good resource. Uh, keep it up your sleeve. On to our mobile app of the week, and this is courtesy of Ryan Benici, who's been travelling around. Uh, there's an app called TripIt, and this is uh, made by Concur. And one of the things that Ryan was telling me and I've downloaded it so I can use it on my trip to inbound this time, is that it'll actually pull, it, it scans your Gmail and it'll actually pull in any trip information, any tours you might have, hotel bookings, and put it into the one page. So you can actually see, okay, well, I need to go at this time, I need to be here, or I need to get to this hotel, put all the details, scan all the information in, and just keep it in one place. And then you can run stats on how many days you've been away, how many, how many hours you spent flying, and so on. So... It's a pretty comprehensive app from what I can tell. Cool. Check it out. All right. So that was the mobile app of the week. On to our app of the week. And this is on rev.com. And this is captions made simple, mainly for Facebook videos. So there's a big stat. I think 85% of people watch videos on Facebook without sound. Mm. So it's really important to have captions on there. And this is a service that will actually create the captions file that you can load into Facebook. And it costs one US dollar a minute. So... I'd encourage you, if you're, if you're doing videos on Facebook, spend that dollar per minute and get the captions. It's pretty cheap. Like, how, how long are most videos on Facebook? A yeah, less than less. three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well worth, well worth the look. All right. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. 
All right, actually, this is a good one. We're going to finish the show with this. I really like this one from Damesh, personal hero of mine. Have I mentioned that before? Yes, maybe we might get to meet him any <laughs> I'd love to meet Damesh. Um, I know he listens to the show every minute of every show. <laughs> oh, I wish. Anyway, he says, I, I really like this. He says, don't try to take market away from your competition. If the market is big enough, there should be enough non-consumers you can be selling to. Yeah. So I really like that. It's kind of that abundance mentality. And you know one, what was interesting when we started this podcast? People yes. said to us, oh, really amazed because you, you're two agencies. Aren't you guys in competition? And we're like, oh, I guess we possibly are, but the market's so big and, you know, there's enough for everyone to be involved. So I, I really like that sentiment from Damesh. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, here we are at the end of the kitchen episode of Upshots, episode 56. Uh, we'd love you to join our, our WhatsApp group. And if you want to join the group, just go to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp and just give us your details and we'll add you to the group. So this is where we'll keep in touch during inbound and post inbound. And just it's a great place to bounce ideas, share things with with like-minded people in that group. Until next time. Catch you later, Ian. See you, Craig. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.